Welcome to the Women's Wellness Psychiatry Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Glazer, MD, a reproductive and integrative psychiatrist here to help you make sense of the complex world of women's mental health. If your goal is to improve your emotional well-being, find fulfillment, and feel like your best self, you're in the right place. Welcome, my listener friends. I'm excited to be recording this episode for you because I think it will help answer some very common questions that I'm often asked by my patients. Namely, should I consider couples therapy? And sometimes more often I'm asked, how do I convince my partner to join me? The second question will be answered as we dispel some myths about couples counseling. I think the pandemic has been so challenging for many couples. Increased stress and anxiety, sometimes feeling trapped in close quarters if both partners are working from home, some concerns about safety for frontline workers, and more. And I do think that couples therapy can be really helpful. Let's jump in to dispelling some of the myths out there about what couples therapy is and does and who it's for. The first myth is that couples counseling is for those whose relationship is really struggling. Here's the thing. You don't have to be on the brink of divorce or breakup to choose couples counseling. It can be a really healthy choice for maintaining a strong relationship, kind of like preventative care, how you visit your doctor once a year for an annual checkup, or you make sure to stay up to date with preventative treatments like getting your mammogram. You don't wait to get sick. And this is sort of similar. Some of the common reasons to go would be to choose to strengthen your communication or perhaps improve your intimacy, or to prepare for a really big upcoming change. For example, a new baby coming into the picture. That can be a really great reason to decide to go into couples counseling to strengthen that relationship and communication. Perhaps you have a pretty good equilibrium with your partner, but that kind of big change, like a new baby, can definitely shake things up, especially when Resilience is a little bit lower because perhaps you're sleep deprived and there's a lot happening. Getting some couples counseling under your belt, getting a few sessions to work together with your partner to shore up your communication skills and your conflict resolution skills can be really, really effective. Another reason is when you notice resentment perhaps creeping up. And this happens not uncommonly in some of the relationships of the patients that I talk to where perhaps it's been a little bit of time and the relationship feels unbalanced. Perhaps you feel like you're doing more than your partner, more than your fair share at home in terms of chores or taking care of the family. And resentment can creep up and couples therapy can be a good place to talk about those resentments in order to make sure that they don't fester and that they don't create a hole or a wedge in your relationship. Some individuals here couples counseling, and they think that their partner wants a divorce. And that can be very far from the truth. In fact, in most cases, it's actually the opposite. If you're deciding that you want to go into couples counseling, it's because you don't want to separate. It's because you want to grow your relationship and make it stronger. The most common reasons couples tend to disagree would be things like finances and perhaps having different financial outlook. You might be a saver and your partner is a spender or vice versa. Another common reason is that your communication styles are very different. You might be someone who prefers to take some time before putting your thoughts together, whereas your partner wants to dive into every single topic immediately. 
Perhaps your communication styles are different in other ways. Maybe you're someone who likes to process and reflect and think about your emotional experience in a given situation, whereas your partner might be someone who is focused on solutions and fixing the issue. I think it's really important to notice the differences that you guys might have in your communication style. And it's not that either of you need to change your communication style. It's learning how the other person communicates in order to be able to work together efficiently and effectively. And so couples counseling can definitely help with that. And then finally, another really common reason why couples disagree is because of differences in parenting and child-rearing strategies. And that often comes from differences in how each of you were raised and some of the different values that you might have. And so couples counseling can definitely help you meld those different values together to bring the family to a place where you can agree on those kinds of strategies. Myth number two. So let's say I've already decided I want a divorce or separation. What's the point? The point in that case of couples counseling is that separation can be amicable or it can be fraught with challenges. For your own mental health, and if you have kids for theirs, wouldn't you prefer a more cordial separation? The purpose of couples counseling doesn't have to be that it brings the couple back together in a relationship if that's not the goal. The point of couples counseling really just depends on the goals of the individual partners. And those goals might be a healthy separation. And there can be a way to do that effectively. And couples counseling can help. Myth number three, the counselor is going to choose a side. And I don't want to hear what I'm doing wrong by yet another person. That's a really common obstacle that I've heard from some of my patients or what they've told me their partner has told them is a reason that they choose not to attend couples counseling. Here's the thing. An experienced couples therapist's job is to be non-judgmental. Their job is not to tell you how to be or what to do or what to say, but to help each person listen to the other and figure out how to communicate and work together effectively. And it's never 100% one person's fault. I will state a caveat here and mention that I don't actually recommend couples counseling if there is a situation of abuse taking place. But outside of those situations, I think that couples counseling can be very helpful. The next myth, seeing a counselor means that there's something wrong with me. That's not an uncommon sentiment. And I think it comes from the fact that there is often a stigma related to mental illness for the word therapist or counselor. But you don't actually need to have anything quote-unquote wrong with you. You don't even need to have any kind of diagnosis. You can just decide that the reason that you're seeing a counselor or therapist is because you want to better yourself and your relationship. Myth number five, we should be able to figure this out on our own. When that comes up, I actually like to ask with some real genuine curiosity, why? Why do you think that this is something that you should be able to figure out on your own? Where does that belief even come from? Here's a little bit of a comparison, which might feel like it's out of left field. One of the things that I actually decided to do during this time of the pandemic was I wanted to take some pottery classes. I'd never done any kind of pottery before, and I thought this would be a fun activity to learn to do. And so when you're learning something like that, there's a few ways that you can go about it, right? You can do it through trial and error and hours and hours of YouTube videos. And by the end of that, you may be able to create some kind of makeshift face. 
But what if you had an instructor there showing you where you might be going wrong? You could potentially save hours of time and headache and actually get much further along, make much more progress. So when I was taking my pottery classes, you know, I would have the clay on the pottery wheel and oftentimes the pottery instructor would actually have her hands on mine showing me how to shape that clay. And that is really the reason that we turn to experts. We turn to experts for so much in our lives. And so why not this? Why not turn to an expert that will help shape and mold your clay in a much more effective way than if you were trying to do it on your own? That's what I would think about when I think about couples counseling. Myth number six is that it takes too much time or money. This is really common and it applies to individual therapy as well. It really is all about priorities and values re-examining those values and resetting your priorities so that perhaps taking an hour each week feels like a good investment. Think about the return on that investment. It's an hour each week of your time and a certain amount of money. And what are you getting out of it? What are you getting out of improving your relationship? How much is your relationship worth? Now that we've talked about the six common myths of couples therapy, let's move on to the next question, which is, What do you do if your partner doesn't want to come? The first question I ask when one of my patients says, I really want to do couples therapy, but my partner doesn't want to, I like to ask, how did you ask them about it? When did you ask them? How did you have that conversation? My recommendation is not to bring that up in the middle of an argument. That's not really the best state of mind for either of you to be having this important conversation about whether or not couples counseling is going to be the right fit. Instead, I recommend finding a convenient, quiet time for both of you, setting that up in advance, being able to say to your partner, when can we put 15 minutes on our calendars to have a very important discussion, and then coming together at that time where you can share your reasons for why you are interested in couples work. And a lot of that conversation, it's important to have from the I perspective, right? The goal is not to blame the other person. It's not to say, you do this and you do that and to create that atmosphere of blame and shame, but instead to talk about the fact that I want to invest our time and energies into this. This is why I think it's important. If your partner still is not interested in joining you, another recommendation I often make to patients is consider starting alone. Find the right couple's counselor and have a few sessions, just one-on-one, where the goal of some of those sessions is to begin to set out your goals and priorities for your relationship and perhaps to take some time to discuss strategies you can employ to bring your partner into the room. And then finally, the third thing I would ask is, have you talked to your partner about committing to just a few sessions? Sometimes there can be sort of this sense of overwhelm when a person thinks about committing to couples therapy, because it's unclear, is this going to be for the, for the rest of my life? Is this going to be every single week for a year? So what if they were able to commit to just a few sessions, maybe four sessions to get to know the couples therapist and to get a sense of what the experience would be like? It's often a lot easier for any of us to commit to a short series rather than a long-term commitment. Here's the punchline. Couples therapy works. In fact, in 2020, there was an interesting meta-analysis that was published in the Journal of Consulting and Clinical Psychology, and it really showed that couples therapy 
had a good effect on various important relationship domains. Everything from overall satisfaction to more specific things like intimacy, communication, and more. And it found that there were both short and long-term effects and impacts. What I'd like to do next is go over a few different types of counseling styles so you can get a better sense of the different types of counseling therapists out there. But also keep in mind that the vast majority of couples counselors like to integrate a variety of different techniques to make sure that they're appropriate for the couple that's sitting in front of them. One of the oldest types of couples therapy styles is the Gottman method. This was developed decades ago by a psychologist couple, and the focus is on conflict management rather than resolution. In in Gottman therapy, there's a focus on the four horsemen of the relationship, the things that are bound to drive a relationship towards demise as opposed to improvement. And they call those the four horsemen of the relationship. And those are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And the goal of therapy is to notice those and to move towards conflict management. A 2019 article actually looked at the efficacy and effectiveness of the Gottman method for couples counseling and found that it was really helpful for marital satisfaction and intimacy. The second most common type of couples therapy styles is EFT, emotionally focused therapy. This was developed in the 1980s by Dr. Sue Johnson and Les Greenberg, and it's focused on figuring out what drives a person's emotional response. And the theory is that each couple, when they're able to recognize the drivers of their partner's emotional response, they can better communicate and engage with them. There was a great study in 2019 that showed the effectiveness of EFT over two decades. It was found to be both effective and sustained. And in the show notes, I'm going to link you guys the Center for EFT, which has a number of resources, including workshops for patients and then training books and options for clinicians as well. There's also a number of other types of couples therapy. I would say that Gottman Method and EFT are two of the most common, but there's also other styles that are effective, such as CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, where a therapist helps you identify thought patterns that are interfering with the relationship and communication, or narrative therapy, where you focus on the stories that you have about your world and it provides you a way to rewrite your story, or solutions focused, which is a very specific type of couples therapy focused on a specific goal, very short amount of time to get through a particular problem or challenge. I also just want to mention the option of sex therapy with a clinical sexologist because intimacy and sexual relationships are something that can be very complicated in a relationship. I've had a number of patients that I've actually referred to clinical sexologists to help them navigate their intimate relationship with their partner. And if you are looking for that clinical sexologist, I would take a look to make sure that they're someone who is certified by the American College of Sexologists or you have a board certification by the American Board of Sexologists or a certification by the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. And I'll include a link in the show notes page to those organizations because there's a lot of folks out there who might call themselves a sex therapist without necessarily having the appropriate certification. Finally, I want to mention that in addition to the type of counseling style, it can also be helpful to think about Do you want to consider individual sessions 
Or are you a couple who might benefit from a weekend workshop or retreat? There's a number of different types of workshops and retreats, and that might actually be another way in if your partner is a little bit reluctant to engage in ongoing couple sessions. Maybe they'd be more interested in doing a one-time workshop or retreat. For example, there's the Hold Me Tight workshops, which are EFT-based. You can find those by going to the EFT website that I mentioned in the show notes. So in conclusion, I just want to emphasize the importance of couples counseling for so many different kinds of struggles that couples have. Couples counseling is effective not just if you're on the brink of separation. It's something that's so important for building a healthy relationship, for prevention, and there's many different ways to approach it, many different styles. The most important thing is making sure that you find a good connection, a good rapport with your couple's therapist who will be non-judgmental and will help guide you, who will essentially be the pottery instructor putting their hands on yours, guiding your clay of your marriage in order to create the vase or sculpture that you envision for yourself and your relationship moving forward. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. As you know, my goal is to share with you the most helpful information that moves you towards emotional well-being. If you have suggestions or questions, I'd love to hear those. And I also always appreciate a rating that will help others find this valuable content. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again next week. Please note that while I am a clinical doctor, this podcast is not a substitute for nor should be taken as medical advice. No specific health advice is being given on this podcast and no physician-client relationship is created by you listening to this podcast. All information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only.